Somebody at Looker once said, we'll be successful when we have a thousand true fans. I, that's, that's our goal, right? We have to get it into enough places that it can get, that you can use it in your day. What we found is if people have a chance to use Malloy in their day, they love it. Like, they, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they love SQL. But I've heard, but, but, but there is a real joy in, you know, making, you, if you make people more powerful, they will love you for it. And that's what we're trying to do. Welcome to this very special episode of Drill to Detail, and I'm your host, Mark Ripman. So I'm joined today by returning guest Lloyd Tab, together with Carlin Eng, to talk about their new project called Malloy. So Lloyd, why don't you start by introducing yourself? I, uh, I've been working in data for a really long time. My, um, I'm one of the Looker co-founders, uh, uh, the designer of the LookML language, and um, yeah, been making software for a long bit, for a bit. Fantastic. It's great to have you here, Lloyd. I'm a personal kind of hero of mine, really, and uh, certainly someone who's been so influential in, in my career over the last kind of, I don't know, sort of how many years it is since, since sort of looking came into my life, really. So uh, it's great to have you back here, really. And uh, But Carlin, why don't you introduce, introduce yourself as well? Yeah, great to chat here, Mark. Uh, so my name's Carlin. I'm a product manager here at Google. And uh, similar to Lloyd, I've been working uh, in data for a while, uh, not quite as long as Lloyd. Uh, but basically my, my entire career, uh, wearing a lot of different hats. So spent some time as a data engineer, spent some time as a software engineer, uh, spent some time in sales, and now I'm here at Google uh, in product in a product role. Okay. So Lloyd, for anybody who doesn't recognize who you are, just give us, give us your backstory, really. How did you end up finding Looker back in the day? I mean, a very high level, because I mean, the story is well sure. But how did you end up doing that? And how did you end up doing what you're doing now at uh, Google? You know, I, I was looking at the Wikipedia this morning. Picasso painted 50, 150,000 images, 150,000. Um, I have been working on databases and languages since 1987 when I wrote my first native code DBase compiler. Um, and then I've worked at Borland on databases and languages, developing languages at Borland and, and working there. And uh, then I was at Netscape. And, and after that, I founded a whole bunch of other companies. And every time I was in one of these companies, what I was doing was making people who were working at the companies being able to see what was going on through the data, right? So you have these internet companies. The only way to understand what's going on is through data. And my job was to figure out how to expose it to them. And then, so the core of Looker was basically something I had written over and over again at startups um, to enable visibility into data. And then I realized that my programming language background, again, that it really needed to be a language. And then um, Malloy is just the next painting, actually. Interesting, interesting. So, so Carlin, how did you end up working for Google, and what's your kind of backstory into into this kind of uh, world? Yeah, so I think the good place to start would be uh, my time. I was a data engineer working at Strava. Uh, this was around 2015, uh, so we were a relatively early Looker customer. And uh, you know, I guess my, my entire career, I've worked in data, and I've always uh, been really attracted to tools that have let me, uh, I guess, provide leverage to others in the organization and just allow them to see data uh, and just see insights in the data. And LookML immediately was obviously like a really powerful tool to me. So um, did a Looker implementation at Strava. And one of the stories I love to tell about that implementation was I loved Looker. Uh, the VP of product at Strava absolutely loved Looker because it gave them the ability to explore data in ways that they can never do before. Um, but the data scientists, and the analysts that I that I worked with, uh, never really loved Looker as much as I did, and I always kind of struggled to get to get on board with it. Um, and uh, wh while I was always trying to convince them of the magic of Looker, I could still kind of empathize with their viewpoint. And uh, that viewpoint was really that LookML as a as a semantic layer as a tool um, is really helpful for the folks that are not as technical and don't know the database as well. Uh, but for the folks who know the database really well, they know the data really well, it's just another thing that they have to do. So it kind of restricts their freedom in a way. And I got really interested in Malloy because I was such a fan of Looker and I loved the way that Lloyd had run the company, uh, just even aside from the product aspect. Um, and when I saw kind of what he was trying to build with Malloy, uh, it looked like he was kind of addressing all of the pain points that I saw with LookML and all of the reasons that the analysts and the data scientists, I think, didn't quite love LookML as much as I did. Uh, so it was kind of the best of both worlds in my mind. 
Fantastic. And what's it like working with Lloyd? I mean, it uh, sounds fantastic, really. How did you manage to luck out on that then? <laughs> it is an amazing experience. Uh, it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, because Malloy is an open source project, uh, I think I heard about it through one of the many data and analytics newsletters um, that are going around these days. Uh, I just started playing with it and I got really interested in what it was. And like I said, the message really resonated with me. So I actually started writing about it on my blog. Um, I shared the blog post that I wrote with Lloyd and, uh, or on the, uh, the Malloy community Slack channel, actually, I shared it. Uh, and I think the Malloy team read it. And, um, I think it was clear to them, uh, through the writing that I kind of understood what they were trying to build. So, uh, just kind of developed a relationship with the team and, uh, that kind of grew over time. And eventually the opportunity came up to, to work with Lloyd and, uh, the rest of the Malloy team, and it was definitely an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So I, I've been wanting to do this 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 interview in this episode for a long time now, and I said just to you actually before the before the recording that I wanted to have a little play around myself with Malloy festivals to try and get an understanding of what it is and how it works and so on. I'm fascinated by it really. Um, so, but but for anybody that is is maybe heard of Malloy um, but doesn't really know what it is, or or maybe just outline what is Malloy? Okay, what's the high level I suppose pitch for the for the product or the project and the problem it's solving at this stage. So Malloy is a, a data programming language the same way that LookML is a data programming language. It's designed so that, um, uh, so SQL has, you know, it's 50 years old. It has no reusability. Um, you know, if you just, if you define a calculation in, in one SQL query, you're going to be redefining it in another one. But Malloy, Malloy in, in its core allows a, you to program data, uh, Basically a semantic model and much like look, like LookML semantic model. But in addition, it has a query language, which allows you to, to compose queries. And the queries are much simpler than they are in SQL. They're at their core. They're the very, they're the same, which is like a group by or a, or, or, or project or a select, right? But, but the, but the composability is that you don't have to restate all of the calculations every time you build up one of these queries. You can pipe them together. You can build very complicated things that are very easy to read and reason about. Um, the, the goal of it is, um, um, you know, one of my heroes is, uh, Anders Heilsberg and he wrote pa Turbo Pascal and, uh, Delphi and C sharp. And then eventually he wrote TypeScript and the other languages were amazing, but TypeScript has taken the world by storm. And the reason is that it's open source and, um, and it's an, it's an open language, which anybody can contribute to, um, um, and, uh, in data, there have been a lot of languages, but we've decided that we were going to build an open source data language so that it could be used everywhere that SQL could be used. So our goal actually is to be able to create a, a programming language that, um, that can be used everywhere that SQL can be used. Now today it can be used with DuckDB or Postgres or BigQuery, but, but the, the goal, the design goal is that this language would be the language that people choose to use with data. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, and then all the stuff that we're building is in service of that. Okay. And so, and so what problem does it solve and for who really? Okay. So you have to think about it differently than, um, so the problem space today is small, but it's the core of all of the places that you use SQL. So this, the same question, I'll pose it back to you. Where, where does SQL get used today, Mark? It gets used in transformation and BI tools and, um, you know, um, uh, it, and for feeding machine learning and for, uh, uh, feeding data science and, and doing data science. So all of those places are the places that you would use SQL. Where is Malloy today? Not in all of those places, obviously. Where today you can explore data with it. Today you can do data transformation with it. Today you can build, uh, you can use it as this, uh, basically an analytical ORM for your applications. So like if you're building a web app, you could use Malloy as the core, uh, analytical data or, um, object relational model that you could use for that. So we, we have Python integrations and we have NPM integrations and we've built a, a thing called Composer, which is kind of a data exploration tool as an example. Um, and the, we, we've built a very good development environment that is built into Microsoft VS Code, um, so that you can, um, so that you basically point it, you, you basically configure your data and you can explore your data directly from there and build, build data models and queries from there. Okay. Okay. So we'll get, we'll go into a lot more detail into Malloy in Malloy in a second, but, um, for Carlin, it's so, so obviously you're on this call and so far Lloyd's been talking about this being an open source project, but you're obviously working for Google. Um, what's the, what is, what is the status of Malloy as an open source project and, 
a initiative within Google? How, how does that kind of work? Yeah, I, I can try to answer this question, and I might ask for a little bit of clarification. Uh, but in my mind, I think Malloy definitely falls in the category of innovation. And, you know, we're innovating, and we have an extremely ambitious goal. You know, as, Malloy, as Lloyd stated, uh, you know, our goal is to replace analytical SQL. Our goal is not to build a SaaS product to sell and, you know, hit a certain amount of ARR. But, you know, our, one of our theses is that, the state of analytics and data science is really constrained today by the tooling. So SQL is really the lingua franca of data, and it's a poor language. And it's a poor language for a lot of the reasons that Lloyd stated. So if we're able to provide analysts and data scientists with a much better tool, with much better mental ergonomics, I think that has the potential to actually really grow the entire pie of data and analytics. Um, so I think ultimately that's our goal is to make data and analytics easier, uh, to make data and analytics possible, or to make things that are possible uh, let me rephrase that. I guess to make things that should be simple much easier. Uh, today, it's very difficult to do simple things in SQL. And as a result, I think analytics and data science gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, I think a lot of the questions that business users are asking data scientists and analysts are actually really hard for those analysts to answer. And it's not, a, it's not because the analysts aren't smart or good at their jobs or bright. It's literally, I think, because the ergonomics of the tool are really, really terrible. And Malloy offers a way to really expand that, grow the pie, and, and make um, just push the entire industry forward. Now, Google being one of the companies with what I would argue is one of the best data platforms in the world uh, stands to benefit massively uh, by that expansion. Okay, and it's an open source project that is. What's the license you use out of interest for for, for the project? MIT. MIT. So it's a pretty pretty permissive license, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. Okay, that's interesting. So, so I suppose Lloyd. So, listening to some of your um to your presentations about Malloy, you know, you talk about the sort of fact you spoke to a lot of people and you've taken, you know, you've listened to customers, you've you've done your research on this, really, and and I suppose in a way, um, you know. The aim of replacing SQL is a, is a fairly big one and a fairly kind of, I suppose, not divisive, but certainly it's a bold, bold statement. So what, what did you hear out in the market and what led you to do this? And, and I suppose in some respects, why didn't you just kind of, I suppose, you know, because obviously you, you, Looker was, was sold, acquired by Google. You could have had a lot easier life, really. You know? <laughs> so what, why, yeah. why did you do this and what prompted you to do this and why take on what probably what is the one of the most controversial things which is to try and replace SQL. You know, um I I haven't had to work for a really long time. I work because I love making things. You know, uh at, at the the I feel so fortunate that I get to do my hobby, which is making things with a brilliant group of people. The Malloy team is just fabulous. It's you know uh for the for a large percentage of the you know some some of these people I've been working with for 25 years. You know, it's not it's not, it's not short-term relationships. It's long-term relationships. Um, and we get, we get to make something we, we, you know, we've been thinking, we, we thought deeply about it when we made LookML and we made some mistakes. We, you know, we, we learned a bunch of stuff and there was great ideas that came in as we were building LookML from other people, but we had already made decisions, early decisions in LookML. And, and so I get to, I get to go, I get sponsored to go do this work that I love to do is just fabulous from my point point of view. And it's not just me being sponsored. I mean, I could go off and work alone, but I don't work alone. I work with Carlin and I work with Michael Toy and I work with all these in my, and Ben, Ben Porterfield, my co-founder and, you know, and many other brilliant people on my team on our team that make Malloy. Um, I just feel just so fortunate that, that I get to do that. Um, and wh- why the, the, why the, the problem space, you know, the, um, you know, data is a really interesting problem. These are, these are fascinating problems. They're, they're not, um, you know, we, we solve reusability in, in to, uh, uh, SQL is a declarative language. You kind of declare what you, you kind of declare the state of things and then the computer goes and figures stuff out. And, um, most other languages are imperative. They're, 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 you know, Python is imperative. You just, it's that, you know, with, with, with branching and, you know, step by step, but, but, but a declarative language is kind of like state the problem and then, and then state what you want the answer to look like and you let it go figure that out for you. It's a lot more like mid journey or, or, you know, or like chat GPT, which is like, let me just state the problem and you, you, you compute the answer, um, without me knowing how it's doing it necessarily. And so reusability gets real, is really hard. And, um, um, and so Malloy is very simple. Like our semantic models can be five lines of code. 
right? It's, they can be, they just state the join relationships, for example. That's a, that's a semantic model. And so the, the, the density of Malloy is much better than, than, than our prior attempts at this. And, and the readability is much better. Okay. So Lloyd, you, uh, you, you took on, uh, Justin, Julian Hyde, Justin Hyde, I think Julian, sure. Hyde. Julian Hyde. Yeah. Julian, he's great. He's terrific. Who, who, who basically was the guy behind, um, a lot of kind of, I suppose, aspects of SQL and, and SQL. Uh, basically, SQL is something that a lot of people are invested in. And it's been something that uh, certainly been my career for the last kind of 20, 30 years. So why, why did you think about replacing SQL rather than just making SQL better? Okay, so, um, every, so, uh, first of all, I love Julian and we have these great conversations, right? And we're actually working in very similar problem spaces where, where we, we think about things, the, the problems in dealing with data a lot. And he actually has taught me a lot. I've, I, so my, I've, I've just loved working with him. And the, the thing about, you know, the, there's a solution which is adding one more feature to SQL. And then there's a solution which is like rethinking the problem, right? At some point, you rethink the problem. So let me, I'll just give you a basic example. So, uh, uh, MySQL does not have arrays, for example, but Postgres does and DuckDB does and, uh, Snowflake does and BigQuery does. And every one of those implementations is very different. Like the way that they handle array ag are, are very different. The way they handle nested structures are different. The way they handle JSON is very different. And so, What's happened is that, that everybody has been adding features to SQL, um, but not in an orderly way. And so even time zones that got added to SQL are different in every single SQL dialect. And so there isn't a standard of SQL. There's a strategy, which is add the new feature to SQL, right? But it, but it, but they've done this by increasing complexity and increasing and increasing and increasing complexity. And what Malloy's attempts to do is actually to radically simplify the problem so that you could learn, if you know basic SQL, you could learn Malloy in, in a few minutes. You, you learn Malloy, I'm sure, in, in, in a couple of hours, right? Um, you know, and then, but, but, but you're, but you still have all of that power. So that power is folded in in, in a, in a really simplistic way. So Malloy's take on arrays, for example, are nested queries. Um, that are super like, and, and those are super powerful, right? But you couldn't add that feature yeah. to SQL in the way it could yeah. exist. Yeah. And, and, um, do you think, do you think that the, I think I've heard you say in the past that the, 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 the kind of assumption that all data is tabular is a limitation that we, we're limited by when we use SQL. Is, is that something is, is, I suppose, breaking away from everything being tabular part of the motivation of this as well, or part of the, part of the kind of the realization that led you to this? Yeah. So, I mean, the first, actually that we first figured this out at Looker, right? So, you know, before Looker, the way that you dealt with data was the dimensional model. And the dimensional model basically says that the reusability of data is, is, is actually data fragments, right? You, you materialize, you, you have a, you have a big transactional table with a bunch of dimensions, a bunch of basically scalar attributes, and you produce these tables that look like, uh, dimension and calculation, right? And you produce a whole bunch of those and then you join them together as the result. And this is like the, this is the basis of fact tables. And a, so there's this whole dimensional model, you know, DAX is based on it. Uh, the MDX is all based on it. There, there's cubing is all based on it. This is all the old technology for data. And then when we start talking about the modern data stack, you know, the, 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 the there's this big wide table view of data, which is that you join everything together. Right. And then you, and then you, you have this visualization of this wide table and you can do calculations against this wide table. And some of them use symmetric aggregates, which allow you to do calculations against some of the sub, sub, sub things. Um, and Looker pioneered that and invented that. Um, but it's still a wide table, right? And, and what, 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 so your mental model, first of all, the dimensional mental model is very complex, right? Um, the big wide table is a lot simpler because you have dimensional freedom, which is that you can pick any dimension and any measure and compute the result correctly. So that, that's what Looker gave you, right? And LookML. And what Malloy does is it actually, instead of treating it as a wide table that, you know, you have an orders table and the order has items in it and the order has the user in it and the items each have a product, a pointer to a product and a pointer to a item as it was in inventory. And right. So there's a tree there. It's like a, it's, it's a tree and you can hang calculations anywhere within that tree. Um, or you can make calculations anywhere within that tree, but you don't lose the tree. And the reason that it's not losing the tree is important is that when you querying against something like a, a, a nested data set, like a JSON, a, like a JSON data object, you can use the same tree logic to compute, to, to query against any data without modeling it, 
So what Malloy lets you do is query against like you can just have a, 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 a an event log and you can query at it directly without having to do any data modeling. And so so that's the that's the benefit of having data in a tree versus having data in a big wide table. Okay, so I imagine that anybody listening in now is thinking, yeah, okay, I get this, I get the kind of the motivations and the drivers, but what does what does programming or querying or modeling in Malloy look like really? Now, you've obviously got uh, you've got the VS Code extension, you've got the kind of thing with the cloud IDE, uh, but what does what if you can maybe I suppose in a way walk through what a what a what a kind of a session might look like using Malloy and how the modeling bit goes first and the querying bit comes along and, and try and paint the picture really of how, how, how a, a querying a modeling session with Malloy would go and what would it look like? Yeah. Well, the, 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 the hard problem, how do I, how do you teach the world a new programming language? Like this is a really hard problem, Mark, right? Like how, we, and we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how we're going to teach the world a new way to program, um, especially with data. So if you go to the Malloy's documentation, this is the this is the experience. You can go to Malloy's documentation, and it will show you examples of how to do histograms and how to do year and how to do time zone comparisons and how to do cohort analysis. And so all of those analysis are, are we're building into our documentation. And then on any one of those pages, if you hit open in VS Code, that that document will open as a notebook in VS Code, and you can play with it, and you can change the code, and you can learn it. So. The, the, the experience is, um, uh, the, the, uh, basically what you do is you open VS code and you can start writing data models and then you can start writing queries within your model. And there's a run, there's a, a little run button above every query that you can qu- click on and it will run. And you can also do notebooks, which are like, uh, Jupyter notebooks, um, where you can have a Malloy model and then you can write queries in each of the cells and you can put markdown in it too. And so that's how our, that's what you open when you open it up. Yeah, I was just going to say here that I think one of the things that makes modeling in Malloy really special for me is just how integrated the entire experience is. So one of my reflections on using LookML for a long time was uh, it was really split across many different tools when you're doing your data modeling. So you would initially do the exploratory data analysis in SQL uh, using some kind of like direct query IDE, either like, you know, the, maybe the Snowflake web UI or the BigQuery web UI. And then you would jump into Looker and you would kind of use the Looker web UI to write your LookML models. And then to test that LookML model, you would then jump into the Looker Explore page. Um, so you're kind of split across three different surfaces when you're actually doing the modeling, um, when really you're doing one task, you're doing data modeling. Um, in, in Malloy, all of that can happen within directly within the VS Code IDE. So you can write queries in your IDE, you can explore the data, you can look at different cuts in the data, and then instantly you can kind of do a copy paste directly within that same VS code window into your model and then build upon that model. So it's kind of like a much faster feedback loop, much more iterative process. And I think as a result, it makes it a lot easier for you as a data model to kind of get into a flow state. Um, in my mind, data modeling is like a very cognitively complex task. And it's really benefited by just smooth interaction and getting into that flow state and being able to iterate over stuff very quickly. Um, so that was part of the magic for me. Okay. Okay. I mean, what about? I mean, I suppose my my my, my first my, my most significant impression of using Malloy was how it. So, going into one of your examples, for example, on 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 you know, using VS Code or using the Cloud IDE, um, where what sort of struck me was you in. In Looker, you would define you define your semantic model in LookML, okay, and then you would query it using using um, the front end, for example, or you might go via the API, or I think recently you can go via JDBC and so on. But you certainly the modeling and the querying are two separate kind of I suppose scripts and through two separate engines and and so on there. Whereas with with Malloy, you know, you each a, a Malloy sort of like session, for example, or a query, it has the kind of I suppose you define the data model. At the start, so you'd go in there and you'd say, "What are the dimensions? What are your tables you're getting data from?" So the modeling bit is there, and then the actual querying of the model comes along afterwards. So you've got the same language for for querying and for modeling, but it's but it, I suppose you. I mean, are you defining the models on the fly each time? And um, is that is that the correct impression of it? That you're both modeling and querying in the same language. Is that is that correct, uh, Lloyd? Yeah, it it, it is the. Um... And, and why? And what's the point of that? And, and what's the benefit of that? Sure. Well, um, 
I mean, once you, once you have a semantic model with queries in it, you can, you can ask for the data at a very high level, right? So here's a code representation of give me this, give me this data back and you can apply, you can have a, a query and then add filters to it after the fact or add limitations to it after the fact. So, so from a, from an API point of view, it's very simple. It's just like, give me the. Just jump in there. The, the thing that really struck me with that was when you had the example of querying uh, the GA4 data with the nesting in and so on with where, you know, where that, the the model was quick, easy to find, and the actual querying was easy to do as well. Right, it, and and so it, it, like I said, it's a radical simplification. If you've ever tried to query against GA three hundred and sixty data, it's tough. And Malloy makes it, you know, just just makes it trivial. But the 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 other thing is that, um, you know, in other BI tools, the query is stored in the BI tool, not in the language. And the problem is, is that if the model changes, you might break something that's separate from it. Right. So if the th- only thing that the, the BI tool is using is the name of the query, then it's going to always get the data back in a reasonable structure. But if it's actually, if it's actually, but if the semantic model changes from beneath the query, you end up with these, this validation problem where you have to go through and check all of the existing queries that you know about and make sure that the semantic model still supports it. And if it's in the language, you, you, we have, we can, com- we, you'll get a compiler error when you try to compile that query. Right. And so having the query, uh, in having the query w- along with the semantic model makes for much tighter um, uh, code quality. Okay, but does that mean that each person who's doing who's going to query some data has to build their own model along with that? And is that not a danger then? That, oh no. no! Right. Okay. Explain how that works then. Oh no! 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 So you can import a model and then query against it, right? So right. I mean, so like the, the, like the GA three hundred and sixty thing, you can just you can you can start by just saying import Google and you know. GA360 and then start writing your queries without having to like know much about what the structure of that. And, and it has like a, an inheritance thing. You can inherit from it and extend it and refine it. We, we call them extending and refining, but you can extend it so that you can add, you can add, you can, you can start with a base model and then do an analysis that adds to it. And the whole thing can be stored in the same repository so that it can be validated. And so that if anybody ever made a change, then your code would get checked also. Right. So you'd bring in the models via, via import send, for example, and that sort of thing. Uh, but, but certainly every, every query needs to have a model to work off of, off of doesn't it, though? Uh, one, one thing I want to add here is you don't actually need to have a model defined up front to start querying. The simplest, mo- the simplest Malloy model is just a table. So you can specify, hey, this is a source that's on a table. And at that point, you're basically in a land that's similar to SQL where you have a bunch of tables. So one of the things I love about Malloy is the ability to kind of progressively model your data set and develop your model from the ground up. Right. Okay. That's interesting. And that, that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting, it's an interesting topic because I suppose you've, you've got Colin Zima who went and formed, uh, formed Omni, who, who obviously was very, very involved with, with Looker. And we've got yourselves with, with Malloy. And it's kind of interesting to sort of, it's interesting to sort of look at the different takes on what would be the better for, what would, what, what the, what Looker could be if it was done again, or certainly some of the concepts or the learnings from that, really. I mean, the thing you just said there about progressively building up the model, did you think about a different ways of doing that? And, and maybe just on the fly, what's your kind of view on what, what Omni have done with their approach? You know, the, we, we, we're focused on the language at the core. And I think that Omni is focused on the, 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 the person building, using a visual tool to build something and, and, and then be able, you know, and, and empowering that person to create something that is usable beyond their, beyond them. Right. So I, 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 you know, I'm, I, listen, I worked at Borland. I've been writing programming languages for years. This is obviously my approach, right? And Colin's approach is also really valuable too. I mean, I loved working with Colin and, and all of those people at Omni. Those are my favorite, some of my favorite folks. You know, and we're just, we're, 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 we're just tackling the problems from, from slightly different angles. Um, uh, I, I feel like I'm playing the long game or Malloy's the long game. It's, which is like, if we're successful, we, we've, we've changed the whole stack, right? That's, that's if we're successful, there's a whole new stack. I don't know if we're going to be successful. I'd like us to be successful, but that's what we're trying to do. Okay, so so Malloy currently compiles down to SQL, doesn't it? Um, is that is that how does that work? And is that a is that an, is that an intermediate sort of step for you, or what? what you know, how how does that work? And and what's your vision for where that's going in the future? Um, uh, it does. Co- so every single. A Malloy query compiles to one, uh, one, every single Malloy query compiles to a single SQL query. 
Um, and there's a really good reason for this, which is that means that any place that SQL is being used, you can use Malloy instead. So it's a really, it's a, it's a core tenant of, of what we're doing. Um, um, so, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, so the purpose is to make sure that we, that, 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 that what we're doing can fit into the architectures that, that come with it. So that's the, I'm sorry, there's another part of your question mark and I just spaced it. Yeah, it was, it was, I suppose, is, is compiling to SQL the end game for you on this or is it, is replacing SQL the, the end game, do you think? I, so, you know, there, there are, uh, one, 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 Malloy is very efficient because of what, what it does. Uh, there could be, a, you could definitely build a database that spoke native Malloy. That's not in the cards for us right now, right? I'm not, that's, that's not what we're planning on building where we, you know, speaking SQL allows us to run in all the places that SQL runs. So that's obviously the first thing that we should do. Um, right. So in order, in order for this to work, you know, Malloy has to be available in all the places that you type SQL and we're not there. Right. It, right. In order for it to work, there have, it has to run when, when you have, you have to be able to have the choice and we don't have that choice yet. So we're still very early. So what, what about, what about data pipeline? So we've, we've been thinking about, we've been thinking about the, the concept of, of queries and, and analysts and so on, but is this something that you envisage as being used to build more complex uh, data pipelines, really? Sure. Um, so right, we, we've introduced, um, um, so we introduced notebooks a while ago, which are great. So basically, what you know, in a notebook, you can define a markdown section, or you can define a Malloy section, which has some Malloy in it, which uh, which the output of which will be which will be a, a like a graph or something. But we've also uh, uh, introduced SQL into these notebooks where you can have the SQL have embedded Malloy in it, which is, so follow me for a second. So you have a Malloy query that defi- that defines a, 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 a projection that you're very interested in. So it's, you're grouping by, you know, product and date, and have, you have a whole bunch of measures around that. And you want to pr- give that to somebody who's using Tableau. So you you write this, you write all your semantic model uh, in Malloy, right? So that has all your calculations in it. And then, in your notebook, you add a, a, a create table as select, and then you give it a Malloy query. That Malloy query, that when it, when 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 it hits that 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 Malloy SQL block and it realizes that there's Malloy in there, it compiles that Malloy to to SQL and then runs the statement, which creates the table for you or creates a view for you. And so we can do a lot of the things. It's, it's, so it's a very simplistic DBT like functionality that we we do today, which is that you can build. Uh, transformation notebooks that will take data in one state and produce it in another state for use in other tools. So for data pipelines, it, you you can already use. Okay, okay. So I suppose if you're going to take on and replace SQL, you might as well try to take on and replace DBT as well in some respects. And so is DBT is DBT also something that's in your kind of in your focus really as something that could be improved on really uh, with what you're doing? I would rather they took Malloy and embedded it. I would rather, I don't want to be in the business of replacing tools. I would rather, I would rather the tool is open, the, the language is open architecture. And there are a number of people who are actually embedding Malloy into their, into their tooling, right? Which is what we want to happen, right? So I would rather they pick up Malloy and embed it than have me, uh, do it. That's so Carlin, and that's Carlin, kind of, that's Carl, one of Carlin's jobs. Yeah, Carlin. So you're, you're, you're attracted by the open source nature of this, and there's no, there's no more famous open source community in this area than the DBT community. So, so what's your, what would you say to them as you walked into a bar full of people with DBT t-shirts on? Yeah. I mean, DBT is a tool that's built around SQL, and there's no reason that DBT can't adopt other languages. So you see already that today DBT supports Python. Um, so DBT could definitely support Malloy as a language. Um, now I think Malloy has a huge opportunity in the data transformation space, um, because as DBT has proved out that, you know, more and more people want to do their data transformations with a, an infinitely scalable compute layer like the data warehouse. So that means a lot of these transformations end up getting pushed into the data warehouse using SQL. Now, as we've discussed many, many times uh, already on this podcast, one of the really poor problems or one of the things that SQL is really bad at is reusability. So we have this whole discipline called data engineering, uh, and people like to talk about how data engineering is like software engineering. But data engineering is really missing one of the most fundamental components of software engineering, and that's basic reusability. So when you're writing software, you can write functions, you can write classes that get reused elsewhere. When you're writing SQL queries, that doesn't exist. And that's really what Malloy provides. So I think 
the opportunity to bring one of the kind of most fundamental units or, or core concepts of abstraction to this you know, discipline that's been lacking it for many years, I think is really uh, where I see the opportunity. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so I mean, getting, I suppose digging into some of the more sort of details of, of Malloy. So, <clears throat> things like joins. How how does Malloy handle joins, and and how does it maybe make it easier to, to to join data together when people you know get confused currently with inner joins, outer joins, all these kind of things, really. So, how does Malloy handle joins, and how does it make that easier to 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 work with? Yeah. Um, so. Um... Well, first of all, it makes it so that you really only have to join once, right? So uh, in, in, in every SQL query, you're repeating the join patterns. So it gets very complicated, right? But in, in, in Malloy, you can declare your, your joins exactly one time. Um, and uh, Malloy's joins are, are, are much more simple to reason about. We have three joins. We have join one, which is a, uh, where you're join, where, where you're doing a many to one join. So think of, uh, you have an order and the order has a user. That's a join one. Um, and then you might have a join many, which is, uh, I have, I'm starting with, with users and each user has many orders. So if I was in the users table and I was joining orders, that would be a join many. And then there's a cross join, which we've, which is, is the, is, 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 a, is, is matrix, but the, that's it. Those are the joins. Um, um, uh, if you want to do an inner join, you, you can add a where clause to limit the thing that you joined. That's, uh, and other than that, they're really, you don't really need to know too much else. <laughs> so, so again, we've thought about it. We looked at it. We said, you know, these are, these are really the patterns. We don't need all this other stuff and nobody that nobody really understands anyway. Let's do it in a way that people can understand it. What, what about complex calculations that people always struggle with? Things like time, time comparison calculations and percent of totals and that sort of thing. How do you, how do you make those easier? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, one of the really nice things that Tableau invented in 2017 was the level of detail calculations. These are basically so that when you're in, a, you're within a table and you can, uh, you, you're, you're grouping, you can exclude the grouping. So, the really simple thing is if you're grouping by, say you're doing a query that's grouping by uh, state and you're counting the number of airports. Okay. Uh, so you, your, your table looks like state and airports. If you, uh, and, and state and uh, airport count, which is the count of airports. Um, in Malloy, there's an all function, which basically escapes all of the grouping so that you get a column, which would have just, just the total. And then, but the beautiful thing about that is that you can use it within a calculation. So you can have, uh, airports count over all of airports count and get the percent of total. It becomes very easy to, to, to write these kinds of calculations. And Malloy has a very, very sophisticated level of detail calculations. So this is something that's very difficult to write in SQL. It's a, it's, it's a lot like writing a cube, like a data cube. Most human beings can't write them, but the way, but, but Malloy builds it in so that it becomes easy for you. Um, that's just, that's an example of one type of thing that we do. Nesting is the other thing that we do that is really hard to do and, um, in SQL, but just is absolutely trivial and more. And it's kind of the thing that's like, it's, I, I, it's like describing, I don't know, kind of like describing sex. You can't do it. You have to look at it, play with it. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it justice. Like I can sit here all day and try to talk about it, but really play with Malloy or you won't really understand it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's the, that's exactly what I did actually. And, and something that's, something that struck me, um, when I was playing around with Malloy and, and it was the fact you've got some data visualization features in there as well. I mean, how, how does that work? And, um, and what was the purpose of that? And yeah, just tell us, talk about those features. Yeah, so the, the, one of the things that the mistakes that everybody makes is that they tie their visualization layer to their semantic modeling layer. And um, really what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to declare the calculations and the, the, the structure of the data. And then when you use it, there are lots of consumers of this, this semantic model. So one of the things that is consuming, it might be a rendering library to do visualizations. And so what Malloy allows you to do is to tag anything that's got a name you can hang a tag on. And so um, if you have a query named query and it looks like it's bar chart, which means it has a dimension and a measure, you can tag it with a bar chart. And then when, when it gets it, instead of showing it like a table, it'll show it like a bar chart or it'll show it. And in Malloy, because of all the nesting, you can have nested line charts and bar charts and lists. And, and all that you end up have to do is just drop a little uh, hashtag, like a, you know, hashtag bar chart or hashtag 
line chart in it, and then it works that way. But it also works for other systems too, like our doc system uses it for deciding how to render the page, or uh, you could have machine learning use it for figuring out what are the other labels of things. So the the, the tag architecture is is open architecture, but it uh, but but it's a separate layer from the the semantic layer. Again, a question people might, might be asking or thinking when they're, when listening to this is, well, what actually what actually is Malloy? Is it a server application that we talk to? Is it a um, is it something we download? I mean, what actually is Malloy, as in the actual thing you kind of interact with? Is it a program? Yeah, what, what is it really? And how, how and how does that kind of and how do they get hold of it? Yeah, great question. So the so Malloy today exists in what I would say three forms. Uh, the form, uh, the first form, and I think the most important is the language itself. So Malloy is a programming language. Um, you know, it's a, it's a syntax, semantics attached to that syntax. And, um, it's a set of tools that will compile, uh, the Malloy that you've written into SQL that runs against a database. Uh, the second, the second and third parts are, are kind of interlinked, but there's also a development environment, which is today our VS code extension. And then the third part is the various Malloy runtimes. And that's kind of where does Malloy code actually execute? How do you actually use it in your day-to-day? So uh, those are kind of the three forms. Uh, how do people use it today? Um, you know, the, the actual interaction is most often going to happen with VS Code. Uh, VS Code is kind of our combined development inter- environment and runtime. Uh, but we are actively developing new runtimes that will allow people to execute Malloy code in different contexts. So for example... Uh, we have an NPM package and you can import the NPM package and have the Malloy query compiler service available to you. And you can also have our various database connectors to allow your application to, uh, your application to directly speak Malloy and, uh, use this Malloy applica- uh, package to interface with the data warehouse. Uh, we also have a Python package that will allow some, uh, people with Python applications to do something very similar. Um, and then we're in the process of developing a command line interface tool. So you can imagine um, setting up a scheduler to execute um, Malloy queries via our CLI tool. So you might give it a file. That file contains some Malloy queries, and those queries end up getting executed on your, on your database. The, the command line is how you'd like, for example, do uh, a transformation pipeline. <clears throat> okay. So okay. So if somebody was a DBT and Looker developer at the moment, yeah, you know, where would it fit into their workflow and how would it interact with or 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 kind of complement or work with Looker, really, for example? So, so is it is it is it more the DBT side or, or, or what, really, in this in this in this scenario? Well, the, the 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 transformation pipeline is great for building a set of views in your database that other people can consume. So that's the first thing. Like the the very first thing is you go and you build a model. You um you you want to publish govern data to other tooling. Uh, you can create views. For other, for other tools to consume and you, 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 you just go into the VS code, you build a, build a notebook and, 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 and do that. So that's, that's a, that's the first easiest thing that you could do with almost no, with no, almost no effort. And, um, but there are other things to do. I'll leave Carl. Yeah. So I think in, in the scenario that we're outlining here, it does fill a little bit more of the DBT side of the equation in terms of transformation. I think ultimately our goal is to cover, uh, or, or to use Malloy for, the whole spectrum. Again, uh, we want to replace analytical SQL and that's kind of, you know, anywhere where you run SQL, that could be DBT, that could be within your, uh, within your BI tool. Instead of running SQL in those places, Malloy should be the language. Um, now what we have seen some use cases, some really compelling use cases in the wild where people are writing their transformation pipelines in Malloy and it is much easier to maintain, much more concise for several reasons. Um, the main one being the reusability. So like, you're building pipelines and oftentimes in those pipelines, you need the same calculation run over and over again. Uh, and in a SQL pipeline, that means the data engineer has to write that calculation in many different places and has to maintain that calculation in many different places. Whereas Malloy, that calculation gets placed in one part of the model and therefore there's fewer places to maintain, fewer places to break. Uh, the other thing that I think is maybe a little underappreciated is the syntax of Malloy is just much simpler and much nicer, much more compact than SQL. And I think that's something that's easy to maybe just say, yeah, it's incrementally better. But I think um, having much better syntax has pretty profound implications on what the analysts or what the data engineers choose to express. So one of my favorite quotes in the world is, uh, you know, we shape our tools, then our tools shape us. And I think 
you know, initially we shaped SQL in the 1970s and we've, you know, the analysis that we've chosen to do has been really shaped by kind of the language design choices, which, you know, that Lloyd has this joke about SQL, uh, about how it's like, there's two right only languages in the world. Uh, <laughs> one of them is Perl, the other SQL, and, you know, it's really easy to write SQL, but then you come back six months later and you look at the SQL query that you've written and you think to yourself, you know, what the hell is this? Who, wait, what idiot wrote this? And you look at the Git command, it's like, oh, that was me six months ago. So, so if, so I suppose we sign up from my side. If this was anybody other, other than sort of Lloyd doing this, I, I, I'd worry this was going to be like the Esperanto of, of, of kind of query languages in that it would be the, the, I suppose the kind of the, I suppose intellectually very interesting, but, but used only by a sort of a, a small bunch of cranks sort of thing. But it's, but, but with, 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 with this, you know, you've obviously put some thought behind it and, and it, they're solving a real problem. How are you going to, how are the two of you going to make this actually kind of like resonate and, and kind of have an impact really? Because I'm sure you're not doing this for the sake of it really. So, so what's your strategy really for really getting take off with this? And, and, you know, and what would be, what would be a, I suppose, a, a goal for you really, or a sign of success for you really? Somebody at Looker once said, we'll be successful when we have a thousand true fans. I, that's, that's our goal, right? We have to get it into enough places that it can get, that you can use it in your day. What we found is if people have a chance to use Malloy in their day, they love it. Like I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they love SQL, but I've heard, but, but, but there is a real joy in, you know, making you, if you make people more powerful, they will love you for it. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We, if we make you more powerful to, you can do more, uh, by using this tool, then you, then, then, then you'll be successful. And, and the thing that we have to do is make it so that it's easy for you to adopt. It's easy for you to learn. And so the goal is if you know SQL, you should learn Malloy really fast. Like basic Malloy should come to you very quickly. And, 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 and we've been relentless about it. We're, we're actually on the fourth iteration of the language, if you can believe it. We're, like this is the fourth. <laughs> we're like we've we've re we've restructured the syntax of the language four times, um, so that it's more readable. And we keep going back and seeing if can you read it? Can you? And so we're we're getting there. I think we're we're I think we're at the precipice of 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 getting in. in and so that's so we're we're trying, Mark. I don't know that we'll be successful, but we're trying. I mean, I can I can see a goal for this would be people learn this. If you someone new coming into our industry, or maybe learning this at college or whatever, they learn this rather than learning SQL. You know, that, that. that for me would be when that happens, you, you've you've kind of done your job, really, haven't you? Because you've made you've you've op- you've I suppose you've opened up this topic to a lot more people. There's a lot more of an understandable and easy to kind of like learn language, and they learn this and don't learn SQL. Would that be a goal? Do you think? I mean, or certainly a, a kind of that that that. That'd be lovely. Yes. Yeah. That, and, 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 and it's, and it's reasonable too. I mean, we, we used to teach assembly language in college and then we started teaching C, right? Because C had a, the, the right reusability abstractions that, and, and portability that, that, uh, that assembly language didn't have. And I think we're kind of in the same state with SQL today. So I'm hoping we can. I'm, yes, that's a vision. Yes. So, so Carlin, for you, so you're, you're, you're on the, on the product side and you're looking after the open source project or certainly involved in that. So what's the, what's the kind of roadmap for, for, for Malloy going forward then really? And what do you hope to achieve with the open source project? Yeah. I mean, I think Lloyd said it really well. You know, if in five years, 10 years, I think one other thing to add there is we're under no illusion that this is going to happen overnight. I think we take a lot of inspiration from the TypeScript project. TypeScript is, you know, 12 years old. I think it's 12 years old at this point. Uh, you can fact check me on that. But, you know, it's only within the past few years has it really started getting mainstream adoption. So, you know, language adoption takes a long time. And it takes kind of like just relentless hand-to-hand work where we need to step in and teach people and show people the way. Um, so, you know, it's... Yeah, there's there's no hack here. There's no kind of there's no illusion that we're going to wake up overnight and everybody's going to see things our way. Um, so a large part of our focus in terms of Malloy, uh, in terms of language, there's a lot of language functionality that we are still really excited about that hasn't really been. Yeah, yeah. So what's coming in the short term roadmap, really? What's on the short term roadmap for, for Malloy? Yeah. So I think uh, one of the big things that we're excited about is uh, parameters. So uh, parameterizing queries. Um, I think there's also some 
uh, functionality around, uh, okay. So let me step back a little bit. I think, uh, one of the other things that Lloyd mentioned here was that people love us when they can use us in their day to day. And I think the focus right now, uh, on the Malloy team is figuring out that runtime aspect, because right now you can run Malloy in your VS code environment. And it's really easy for you to write queries and share your data. And you get a really great feel for the language and you can experience the joy of Malloy in your VS Code environment. But I think one thing that is not really where it needs to be yet is that runtime environment where people can extend that personal experience that they had to the rest of the organization. So you can now like, so giving people the ability to run Malloy in more places, getting people uh, the ability to run Malloy as part of their day job. So, you know, that, that CLI tool that I mentioned is sort of the, the V zero of that, of like, Hey, I can actually take these queries that I've run and I can materialize assets in my database using, you know, my semantic model to, uh, to create tables that other tools in my ecosystem can consume. Um, so th- that's kind of where our efforts are focused in the short term. So, but primarily on kind of the language front, uh, there's a lot of features and functionality that we're really excited about. Uh, and then on the runtime front. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. And one last question for me, the name Malloy, where does that come from? Just out of interest. So uh, if you Google the urban dictionary, uh, let me go do that here uh, for Malloy. It's uh, let's see if I'll read it to you. Uh, it's essentially a man who plays by nobody's rules, has nothing to lose, but always gets results. While his superiors are often infuriated by his general disregard for established or authoritative norms in his given career, his his success rate ultimately appeases their anger. I basically have real authority problems, so <laughs> I I kind of <laughs> so so do most of the people on our team. We we kind of like we're we kind of like to see it our way, and we're going to go for it. And it's a little unorthodox, but that's how we're going to get results. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I, uh, if they go to www.malloydata.dev, uh, they'll get our, our webpage. And um, the best thing to do is just to play with our documentation um, and see the use cases there. That's the easiest way to learn it is to go open the documentation and then click on any of the VS Code links and it'll take you to, uh, it, it'll let you play with it. Fantastic. And Carly, what about the Slack group? Yeah, the Slack community is probably the best place to showcase what you've built, ask questions, give feedback on the language. Uh, Lloyd and I are both pretty active uh, on the Slack channel. Uh, I think uh, at Looker, one of the things that I loved about the company, you know, I, I never worked there, but I was a, I was a kind of lo- very loyal customer. It was kind of the kitchen table attitude where the kitchen table is where people go to learn. It's where it's just a community of people where uh, no question is stupid. Everybody should feel free and safe to ask questions about how to, how to do something. Uh, and I think the Slack online community is kind of our equivalent of that kitchen table. Fantastic. That's really good. Well, thank you very much, both of you. It's been a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I've certainly been very impressed with what I've seen so far with Molloy. So best of luck. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Mark.